Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Slate Political Gab Fest for March 24th, 2017. A Gab Fest extra, 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 extra. It is Friday morning. The 24th of March, we are awaiting a health care vote. We didn't talk about health care on our main show yesterday. We want to do an extra just about Ryan care, Obamacare, Trump care, ACA. And so we're going to do it today. And if events change, we may do even more. But we just want to do a quick update on what's going on. So, John, we're taping now. It's a little before 10 in the morning on Friday. Uh, well, by the way, that's John Dickerson of Face Nation, Emily Bazelon of the New York Times Magazine, and I'm David Plotz of Alice Obscura. So, yeah, you know that. John, here we are at, at 10 a.m. What is the process? What does the process look to be uh, for this bill today? Well, the president has gone from supporting Trump care to I don't care, uh, which is the message he sent to Republicans. He's uh, he stopped listening to their um complaints and things they want put in the bill, particularly those in the Freedom Caucus. And he said, go vote for it. And you, if you want to disappoint all the voters who sent us here, uh, that's on you. So it's the kind of last thing you can do in a negotiation, which is say, um, you know, I'm going to leave. And uh, and you hope that that shocks the 35 or so that the CBS Capitol Hill team had uh, counted were against the bill as of Thursday night. And, you know, on the one hand, that looks perilous. They need 22 to get it over the finish line. But on the other hand, when you're in the majority and there are, you know, in the final push, uh, it's often the case that, that the uh, majority party gets its gets its way using a variety of different uh, emotional and uh, and political appeals. So uh, so it's all sort of hanging in the balance here. And it may take all day long before we ever get to an actual vote. But so this is a. A bill which, according to current polling, is favored by 17 percent of voters and uh, a president who has the approval rating of 37 percent. Will House Republicans feel that really voting for this is the better choice than not voting for it and admittedly then reneging on the major thing they've talked about, but that to, to endorse a bill that is this unpopular, that is this incoherent, that is being jammed through so quickly and viciously that that, that will be a mistake that will come back and haunt them even more than not voting for repeal. I mean, I think that's the drama, right? It's, it's, it's a close call. There's the stakes that John just laid out, which are real. I mean, if this goes down, they're going to look like they didn't fulfill their promise. They're going to look feckless. It'll be, you know, bad for Trump's 
sense of power, at least in the short term. And then in the medium to long term, you have this deeply unpopular bill. And as we're taping, I don't even know what this bill really is. I mean, it seems like all the essential health benefits are up for grabs, although then maybe there's an idea that the states would set those standards for themselves to be eligible for the premium tax cuts. It's all just like a lot of confetti up in the air. I don't know. Is that, am I being unfair, John? Do you feel like there's a, a, a set of proposals that have really taken shape? No, no. And even if they've taken shape <laughs> in a final form, and there is a final form that is voted on and had to be voted on by the Rules Committee on Friday morning. So there is a final form, but there's there's some considerable confusion about that final form, uh, A, and the fact that there is any confusion at all about a thing that was that Republicans claim to have ready to go for eight years as a replacement to the uh, Affordable Care Act proves what we have long known about politics. And in this day and age of shifting norms and things not being as predicted and as anticipated, it is certainly true and irrevocably true, and even if this passes, demonstrably true, that Putting legislation together is really hard. And when it's campaign, when in campaigns or in the opposition, people say, oh, well, this is this bill A is horrible and we could come up with the bill B really easily and it'll be great and better. It's just not true. It's things are complicated. And so that's what they've run into here. And the problem embedded in this, even if it passes, is that the process matters here because if if the bill is unpopular going forward as as it is now and we saw with the affordable care act that it was unpopular for a very long time despite all of the of the spinning that it, when it's unpopular it's hard for a lawmaker to say well i voted for it because i was you know had my arm twisted and donald trump was going to leave the nego- negotiating table if you look at all the ways it's been sold this week it's always been about you'll be punished politically if you don't vote for this this is a promise we were supposed to keep there was not a lot of selling about this plan on its own merits and the merits matter because when you get into that tough political place in two, three, four, five months, you need to be able to say, well, things maybe look bad now, but we voted for a bill that gives you X and Y. There needs to be more emphasis on the replace, not so much on the repeal to be sustainable politically, I think. Well, and the problem, of course, is that the X and Y in this case are basically tax cuts for a very small number of people. That's Those are really the a only very small people, number of very wealthy people. Very wealthy people. And those are the only people who really are going to feel like, oh, I got something out of this. There are not a lot of voters who, who when this bill takes effect, uh, are going to feel, oh, things are somehow massively better for me than they were. Now, I'm sure there's a conservative case. Well, the, those tax cuts are going to free up the economy and it's going to create investment and, and the economy will grow in such a way that we're all going to benefit. But I'm not sure that's how voters are going to think about it. The other thing, Emily, going to John's point there a minute ago about how legislating is, you know, opposing is easy and legislating is hard. One of the problems that Paul Ryan has run into is that Paul Ryan has never crafted or passed a major piece of legislation and that the Republican Party, because it essentially assumed complete oppositional stance during the Obama years, it hasn't been a legislating party for it for eight years, and, and it's turned over a lot in the House, especially because of the 2010 elections, which brought in so many new, very conservative members. And so it, it, it doesn't have anybody who's done any legislating to speak of. Right. It's easier to beat the party of no for all the reasons John just said. So 
Question. Is the best case scenario for the Republicans that they ram through something in the House almost doesn't matter what it is, I guess. And then the Senate takes up some different piece of legislation that, you know, has a prayer of actually attracting moderate votes. Seems like it would be a very different bill. And then that bill gains enough momentum that somehow it gets shoved down the throats of the House Freedom Caucus conservatives who don't want to vote for this bill. And like the process creates enough pressure and momentum that they get something out of this that isn't as terrible as this House bill for actually providing insurance and that like the conservatives get forced to vote for in the end. Is that the (laughs) the play? I don't think so. um, I think that's the, the best possible play given where things are. The problem is that if the conservatives are going to buck the president now on this, they're likely to do it even when it comes back through the Senate, even though it will have gained some momentum if it comes back over from the Senate. The problem is not only the one that you all mentioned, which is that 160 of the members of the House conference have only been in Congress when they have been the opposition party to the president. But secondarily, many of them came to Washington and indeed Donald Trump was elected on the idea that Washington is full of weak need capitulators who, uh, cast their principle aside because their uh, party leaders like John Boehner and Eric Cantor sell them a bunch of lies about what is only possible in the legislative system. And that these people who lack morals and values and principles are the kinds of people to be run out of Washington. And that we need to bring people to Washington who will say, hell no, I'm not going to give in to the thing you're claiming is the only thing possible to pass. So having been sent to Washington with that message, they are, are feeling fully in, in connection with their with everything they've been saying. That's one of the right. challenges here. And so it's fascinating right. to see Donald Trump on the sort of wrong end of that. And they're right. also, to, I mean, to that end, John, there really are very few mechanisms, either fiscal or rhetorical or in any fa- fashion for them to be punished because they're not right. likely to lose a primary challenge. They're not like they can't be denied pork barrel funding that, which they don't necessarily even want. Anyway, the president is not a, a powerful force to humiliate and shame them such that they can't serve the, the, the national conservative media isn't going to take them out in the way, you know, they, they might fear it's, they're basically free agents. This is the problem when you have a, um, when you have the political system that we have. Is that there aren't tools to get politicians to get in line. So is it a problem? I mean, maybe you could argue like they're being principled and it's a good thing that they're in a position to take this bill down if they no, don't believe in it. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing when when they did it against the Democrats and a terrible thing now. It's that, that essentially people who, who live by their principles destroy the world on their principles. Ideology and idealism are a curse of American politics, and it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And I would much rather, I think this bill is an abomination. It's a disgrace. What they've done and how they're doing it is disgusting. But I don't think there's anything heroic in these principled people who refuse to to try to to work, you know, within a party system to get a bill passed. I mean, I think the you know the real crime is being committed in that the Republicans are refusing to work with the Democrats on a bill that actually might be a bipartisan bill. Like there isn't a there's no gen, general attempt to find a middle that's the that's where the the biggest problem is but even beyond that i think the ideologues are wrong like the ideologues ideologues are always wrong this episode of the gap is brought to you by aura frames are you looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life 
Aura frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It is super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. Aura frames in the notes that I have here says moms like Aura frames. I'm here to tell you that is like the truest statement in the world. I gave my mother an Aura frame. She absolutely loves it. She's also always hectoring me to keep adding new photos to her Aura frame so that she's got great new photos every week. So think about giving your mother or grandmother or aunt or sister or friend an Aura frame for Mother's Day. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code GABFEST at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. So, John, what do you think is likely to happen today? So what will happen uh, later today, or we, we think later today, is there's going to be a vote sometime at the earliest late afternoon. It might go well into the evening. Um, the negotiations can still continue. But one thing that's amazing is you've got on the New York Times a story basically saying the president's sick of this. He w- thinks he should have started with tax reform. So then the problem is, okay, let's say this wins and it goes into the Senate. Is the president kind of sick of the negotiating, which is only going to get more difficult when it goes into the Senate? And or also is the message being sent to House members, look, he's ready to cut bait on this negotiation. So the pressure is a little bit off. So those are the things to watch as they try to cobble together the votes, which, uh, you know, hopefully will happen sometime today. Okay, Emily, any last words from you? Well, I think one more thing to watch is which of the promises made during the campaign about healthcare are the Republicans going to break? I mean, if they really take out the list of essential health benefits that Obamacare covers, they're essentially going to be breaking their promise to cover people with pre-existing conditions because the kinds of healthcare coverage that will be affordable with these skimpy tax credits will be used, you know, insurance companies will be able to create plans for people who are already sick that are super expensive and potentially out of reach. All right. So that does it for today's special GabFest Extra about the healthcare bill and the healthcare vote. We may be back with you again uh, if there's a vote today or tomorrow. Um, we reserve the right. And we can get right, our acts together. we can get our act together. <laughs> we reserve the right to come back and talk some more. But Rest assured, we will be watching, watching Capitol Hill uh, with our eagle eyes and our our eagle noses, perhaps our eagle talons and our eagle wings. I don't know. Eagles will be eagles all the way around. Uh, <laughs> thanks for thanks for joining us for this GabFest Extra. And we'll talk to you soon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it, and we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. <laughs> 